A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I want to be there. I want to live there. I want to go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into CityCast, where we aim to keep you updated on all things City of Rock Hill. Uh, I'm Ashley Cox, uh, alongside co-host Matthew Cray here. We have a very special guest today who is always a busy man. Kevin, welcome to CityCast. Oh, thank you and good morning to everybody. Yes. Um, so, Kevin, if you don't mind, if you could just kind of give us a brief synopsis of what you do here at the city and how you got here. Well, that's um, that's interesting. So uh, I am the public works project manager for the city. Um, what that means in a nutshell is uh, I am the jack of all trades. So pretty much anything within the Department of Public Works that the director wants a different set of eyes on, or he wants to put a different focus on or wants to get a different view on. Uh, those are typically things that fall into my purview. So it can be anything from streets and construction to uh, sanitation, which I primarily oversee, to looking at new technologies and getting a different thought process to them, uh, to uh, helping to acquire equipment, um, hiring and training of personnel. Uh, the list can go on and on and on. But I'm pretty much the catch-all of the department. And where are you from? Where did you come from before here? Uh, so before here, I came from the city of Virginia Beach, where I was the assistant superintendent of uh, waste collection operations. And there we serviced over 132,000 residents per week. Um, prior to that, I am a retired Marine as well. So I did over 16 years in the Marine Corps doing logistics and transportation management. Where'd you grow up? Everywhere. Everywhere, <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah. Everywhere. My dad was um, Air Force, actually. Uh -huh. So uh, we did Texas. We did Georgia. We did some years in Alaska. Ooh, wow. um, and he ended up retiring in Florida in 99 as I joined the Marine Corps. So I was actually able to uh, graduate high school, go right into the Marine Corps. And then by the time I finished boot camp, I actually w was able to make it back in time to give him his flag at his retirement ceremony. Oh, oh cool. wow. That's Very awesome. cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for your service there. Matthew here is going to do a little I'm fun guy. Side. He's fun guy. I'm fun so guy. I'm going to let him take away that. Yeah. So we like to put uh, get to know our guests and some of their likes and dislikes. And so we're going to put you on the clock for a minute. Okay. And just ask you fun questions. I've um, heard about this. That's it. Seems to be getting <laughs> a reputation around, around uh, <laughs> people. So uh, are you ready? No time like the present. If you could switch places for anyone for a day, with anyone for a day, who would you choose? James Mattis. What is your favorite type of fruit? Grapes. Well, what is something that makes you angry? Indecision. Apple or Android? Android. When you were a kid, did you prefer crayons or colored pencils? Oh, that's Crayons, hello. <laughs> what is a word or a phrase that you just can't seem to get the hang of? Mm, that is a good one. We can come, we'll come back to it. What is one rule you would make if you were president for a day? Everyone serves. Favorite type of cereal? Captain Crunch. What is one adjective you would use to describe yourself? Um, I don't know. Okay, favorite type of dessert? Ooh, chocolate cake. Last thing you watched on TV? 
don't really watch TV. Do you let the dishes pile up or do you do them right away? Mm, pile up for a day. Okay. All right. So uh, when I, this is what I was thinking with the word or phrase, and I have one more after that. But So I can't – I have trouble saying the word Tylenol. I want to say Tylenol because oh I guess that's how I always said it. Uh, I was recently corrected by my wife. I was like, I do say that word really weird. Tylenol. So Tylenol, Tylenol is the word that I just can't seem to, like, get the hang of. There's a lot of phrases <laughs> I don't get the hang of. Like yesterday, you know, I was saying – um, you know when you feel like someone's talking about you and your mm -hmm. ears are burning? I was saying, your is nose. it your nose is burning or your ears <laughs> are burning? So that's just me. I would have to say medical prescriptions. Okay. Because you see all these letters and it's like, okay, just say it's the alphabet for this particular condition. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So this is my other question. We don't have to spend a ton of time here. But if you were entering a sea fight against King Trident... And you had to choose an animal to accompany you in the fight. What animal would you choose? Mm. <laughs> I get to choose an animal. A sea animal. So it's a, it's a fight in the sea against King Trident. I'm going with a great white. A great white. I feel, yeah, that's, nice. a, that's a good answer. If you haven't learned, all right, Matthew is like the king of weird questions. Just no, to but sum I, it I up, like them like. because they make you think about it. And yeah. oddly enough about the fruit, my son literally just asked me that question like two nights ago. <laughs> I'm a big apples guy over here. so Grapes is a good one. You don't hear that. You normally hear the normal strawberries or like, you know. No, because strawberries can be finkel because like you can get a batch and it'd be really sweet. And then you can get True. a batch and they're like kind of bitter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But with grapes, there's a real consistency there. See? There he appreciates go. the questions. Right. Well, enough of that. As fun as that is. Um, Kevin, you, you told us that kind of in your uh, brief overview of what you do, that sanitation is, is pretty heavily what you do. But can you sum up, like, you know, what else is there under um, your umbrella? So right now we're, we're dealing with a couple different projects. Um, so right now we're looking at a camera system called Third Eye Camera System. Um, we piloted that system earlier this year where uh, we can install it in the trucks and it actually uh, helps improve driving behavior, but it also maps where they've gone, where they've been. Um, it can help us determine if a resident has actually, uh, whether we missed their can or whether their can was overloaded um, in terms of like businesses with dumpsters and things like that. Um, so that's one of the projects that's, that's kind of under my purview where it has an application to the entire public works department or just to the sanitation department. So being able to evaluate that and determine what's the best way forward. So uh, the sanitation department, uh, talk about what all falls under its umbrella. So the sanitation department, um, first and foremost, is probably one of the most mundane but critically essential departments. What's, what's the phrase that you used when you got in? Um, essential services, probably. It's, it's mundane well, until yes. it doesn't happen. Yes. Okay. And then it becomes chaos. It, it, it becomes absolute <laughs> chaos. Um, so we have four separate divisions. We have uh, our residential division, which is kind of everyone's everyday garbage that you put out or your green trash can. We have yard waste, which is your brown trash can. We have our commercial division, which uh, primarily does all your businesses, uh, but they also help with multifamily units or apartment complexes. And then we have our recycling um, that does all of your blue bins or your blue roll carts if you've gotten a blue roll cart in the last couple of years. So can you break down <clears throat> how many people 
you guys serve versus the population of Rock Hill and explain why there's a gap there. Yes. A lot of people, I think, don't realize. So we as the city of Rock Hill, as we've all seen, uh, continue to grow. Um, And I think the last count that I've seen is just over 76,000 residents for the city. However, we as a sanitation department only service just over 24,200 residents. And the reason for that is unlike you see in some other states where everything within the city limits kind of belongs to the city, deals with city services, things of that nature. In the state of South Carolina, we have what we like to refer to as donut holes, where certain streets don't belong to the city, even though they're within the city limits. And they may be county roads, they may be state roads. So we don't count them because those residents have not annexed into the city. All right. So one of the things you said is, uh, uh, excuse me, trash pickup. That's one of the big things you guys do. So you know, I'm at home, let's just say I get my pickup on a Thursday morning, I take my trash out to the curb. Is everyone doing Thursday morning? Is the cart, the truck running through like Santa's sleigh, getting everyone in one night, or is, is all of this spaced out? So all of this is actually spaced out and is based on the theory of the fly. So the fly has a seven day incubation period. And sanitation, when not done correctly, becomes a public safety and a public health issue because you can get all sorts of nasty, and just intolerable diseases because sanitation has not been done properly. So what we do is we break the city up into uh, four-day quadrants. Uh, We we average anywhere between servicing 5,300 residents a day to our Thursday route where it's almost 5,900 residents a day. And we take that quadrant and uh, we'll have so many routes. So right now our average route is about six. So we'll have six trucks that will come through. They average about 1,000 cans per route and they will go through and get everybody. So timing is everything because we do everything within four tens or uh, the operators will work four days at 10 hours a day in order to be able to service everybody for that day. Um, So it's very important where time is concerned. So we ask residents to have your cans out either the day before or uh, at least by 7 a.m. the day of. So that way our operators can get to you, get the can. If there's an issue, we still have time to come back. So this is an early morning process why early morning? So we base everything off of safety. So safety, we are one of the most dangerous industries in the U.S. So we like to get up at sunrise. So our daily operation starts at about 6.30 with a daily safety meeting. And then by 7 a.m. typically is about sunrise for most of the year. That way we're on a route, we're servicing residents, we're trying to get as much done, and we like to try to get in by the time typically young children get off the school bus or at least by the end of a regular business day, which is 5 p.m. What makes this the most dangerous? Uh, what, what was the word you used? Dang- so we're one of the most dangerous industries in the nation. Because? So because one of the amount of things that we touch or deal with, mm-hmm. um, typically the only ones ahead of us are police, fire, and military are typically the only ones ahead of us. Um, and maybe construction workers, they go back and forth. Um, but just the nature of what we do, the, ma- the nature that we're in big trucks, we're constantly getting out, we're constantly interacting with the public, uh, we're constantly in different neighborhoods having to uh, really put your head on a swivel, so to speak. So you're always looking around at your surroundings, making sure that you haven't inadvertently went over into another lane and hit another car, making sure that kids aren't diving in front of the street while you're trying to service a resident somewhere. So it's a really complex mentally draining job and you said timing is everything is this might be like a naive question but is traffic like a concern to you guys you know what if 
trucks are just backed up for the day? So traffic is always a huge concern. So we're very much tied into the rest of the city in terms of um, one of the five, or in the case of City of Rock Hill, six essential services. So we're tied in with police, fire, EMS, um, water and sewer, and electric here. So as one of the essential services that help get the city back up and running, if we have a traffic jam on one of our major streets, our operators are trained to either get with a supervisor or to get with their fellow operators and say, hey, there's an accident, say, on um, South Anderson. So I want to go ahead and avoid that. Here's where you need to go so that way we can keep the flow of the operation moving. Because for us, service to the customer is the primary focus of what we do. Um, and we, we like to believe that that helps us maintain a mundane operation. You know, we want trash to be something that you really don't think about because it's one of those things, like you say, you put it at the curb in the morning, you expect when you come home at night, it's done. You don't care how, you don't care that, you know, most people don't realize what it takes for that to happen, but just that it happened. Now, you guys, if, if anyone's seen this done, it's pretty cool. I know when they used to do trash back in the day, you had the guy driving and the mm -hmm. guy on the back could get there and he dumped the trash in and tossed the bags in. But the, the trucks really do everything themselves, correct? For the most part, yes. There okay. are a few exceptions to that rule. Um, but we've come a long way, especially in the last 30 or 40 years in the history of uh, solid waste operations. Um, so right now, the average resident, say, for your everyday trash or, or your green can, right? Um, we have an arm that comes out. It actually grabs the can. We'll dump it. Um, if the can's too heavy, it won't be able to pick it up because we'll start breaking the arm because there's a weight limit to it. But right now, it's to the point where the operator doesn't have to hurt their back. They don't have to hurt their shoulders. They're not having as many knee injuries because there's a mechanical piece that's actually doing a lot of that work for you. Um, but there's still concerns just because we never know what goes into somebody's trash. We never know what somebody puts in because there's a lid on it. We don't see it until it gets dumped. So I think maybe about a year and a half to two years ago, this might have been like the million dollar question, but what are yard carts and how do those work? Like what should go in those versus not? That is an awesome question, especially now that we're getting ready to head into our annual leaf season. Um, so the yard carts actually started several years ago and those are our brown carts. So residents can get those for about $60 uh, a cart. And what that does is if you have leaves, if you have small branches, that you've picked up around the yard or you've been cleaning your yard, especially like around um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, um, in preparation for the Come See Me event that we do in April every year. Um, you can put those things, those materials uh, in the cart without any bags or anything else. And if you set that out to the curb, we'll collect that every week versus what we do for our leaf collection season, where that's only from November to January. And then we only do by request in February. And for the rest of the year, we actually charge residents because that particular piece of equipment only comes out when we have a dedicated operator to it. Where, where does this stuff go? Like go to. <laughs> True, that's a good question. That, that it just disappears Again, forever. we don't care how it gets picked up. We just want it picked up, but where does it right. go? You know, that, that's one of those, it, it comes back to the mundane operation. People don't yeah. think about it until they think about it because nine times out of ten is not being done. Um, that is a multi-part question. Okay. So when it comes to our regular trash that we pick up every day, our green can, that goes to the county landfill. Okay. Um, when it comes to our leaves, um, yard cart material, um, any brush that typically goes to um, 
a what we call CND or construction debris landfill that we currently have contracted. Um, all of that goes out there. And then our recycling products go to what we call a MRF or a material recycling facility that's also operated by the county, and that gets further recycled there. So not only do you guys pick up the trash, but you have to, is it a whole separate operation to get the trash to those places? Or at the end of the day, do they just go there? So that is actually part of our entire operation. Um, So our starting point in terms of uh, the life cycle of trash starts at the resident and being able to get it to the curb. Once they do that, we'll collect, say, somewhere between 375 to 450 cans on one trip. Operator will then go to wherever they're going, depending on what they're collecting that day, dump that, refuel, gas up, take any breaks that they need, get back to the route, and they'll continue going on. Once we dump it off, that is the end of the cycle for us as we're concerned. I should have asked this earlier, but just going through all of this operation, how many drivers do you have? So right now, we actually have a total of about 40 drivers and four administrative staff with us. Um, and that's to cover everything that we currently do here within the city of Rocky Hill. That covers all of your commercial routes that start at about 3 in the morning. Um, that covers all of your recycling, all of your uh, bulky pickup items such as furniture, tables, dressers, chairs, um, entertainment centers. That covers your tree limbs, bulk, um, your tree limbs. Uh, and your grass pickup that covers the yard carts and it covers your regular trash. Now for this amount of work is 40 drivers, is that sufficient or would you like to add more? Um, that it, I think we will continue to look at the option to add more as the city grows and as we start to annex more areas and more homes into the city. Um, right now we've kind of stayed right about where we've at for the last at least seven or eight years. Um, but as the city's growing, as we see new developments pop up, as we see new apartment complexes, new businesses, um, that will start to be the topic of discussion eventually of adding more people uh, to ensure that we can keep a timely service. So we're at the time of year where, you know, wives sit on the porch drinking their pumpkin spice lattes and <laughs> watching the leaves oh fall. And then the husbands have to go out and blow or rake the leaves because even though they fell, they don't want them in their yard. And then the leaves pile up. And the city of Rock Hill offers a service that? So we offer two services. Um, As I mentioned earlier, we offer the yard cart service, which you can always fill up. If you buy the yard cart, the brown cart, you can fill that up on a weekly basis, and we'll pick that up every week all throughout the year. Then we offer the separate uh, leaf collection service, which is from November through January, and then we do by request only in the month of February. So that covers any times that a lot of the major leaves come down especially when we see spikes during uh, the Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday breaks. Um, and what that is is basically we'll come through with a separate truck or a, or a leaf back truck, as we call it, and it'll actually suck up all the leaves off the ground. So what we ask is you don't put leaves near storm drains because it will back up your storm drain. Um, we ask that you don't put a whole lot of uh, or really any tree limbs or small branches in there. We ask that you separate those out because they'll get stuck in the truck and then that'll be one less truck we have to operate. But what will happen is we'll go throughout the city and in years past, we've always had a schedule for that. So we try to do half the city one week, half the city the next week. One of our uh, supervisors and one of our operators came up with an idea this year through our city's uh, Ignite or Process Improvement Program, where they said, 
uh, basically in so many words, we don't think that the schedule really works. So we're gonna try just to service the entire city and keep going around in full sweep. So we'll start this year uh, with that. That'll be the first time we do that, uh, where we'll start on Monday's collection route. Um, so pretty much a lot of the south side and we'll go through with all six of our trucks until we get it all the way around the city. And then we'll just keep going around in circles basically until the end of January. Okay, so you're essentially gonna kind of run it like sanitation in terms of like split it up into like this area, like, you know, Southside Monday mm -hmm. collection and then, you know, kind of the Tuesday and the then quadrants. just keep going. Right, so we'll still have the quadrants going. So what you'll see is you'll see several different trucks. If you're a resident that lives in the city of Rock Hill, you'll see several different trucks on any given day of the week. Okay. So say if your collection day is on Tuesday, so the Tuesday is up by Mount Gallant and Selenese Road, um, you could possibly see, you will definitely see our residential truck because that's your regular trash. You'll definitely see um, our, what we call grappler truck with the one arm on it. Um, if you have any type of bulky items or if you have large tree limbs to be picked up. Uh, and if you're a resident with a yard cart, you'll definitely see that one. And then at some point, either that day or in following days as we get to it, you'll see that leaf back truck come and suck up all the leaves that are sitting on the, on the curb. And that's where they need to be. They need to be on the curb, correct? Yes, they absolutely need to be on the curb, but we ask that they're not near uh, storm drains because once again, the storm drains, they'll start backing that up and then you'll have a whole different set of problems on your hands. So you mentioned bulky items pickup. Yes. Can you briefly explain how does that work? Yes, so our bulky items pickup is typically for all of your furniture that you typically put out. So tables, chairs, dressers, uh, mattresses, bedroom sets. Uh, what we do not take is construction material um, and a whole lot of other flammable things. So Yeah, I was like, gonna ask, can I just throw anything out there? Like <laughs> No, 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 no. That definitely is a, a recipe for disaster. Um, but if you call in to, uh, 325-2500, or if you go to the city's website under Public Works and Sanitation, uh, we give you a list of a lot of the, the pretty normally asked things, you know, whether you can put them in a can or, or ask for them to be picked up or not, and one of our operators will be able to tell you whether we can accept it or we can't accept it, or if we don't accept it, like in the case of um, barbecue pits, we don't accept those but you can drop those off at any of the 16 drop-off points that are provided by the county, or you can take that to the county landfill. So we'll be able to provide you that information as well. And there's a fee that goes along with this, right? It depends. So if it's a lot of the regular stuff, like the tables, the chairs, the dressers, um, at one point we were only collecting three items per week. We have gone away from that. So now what we ask is that you start to, you call in for what you're wanting to pick up, and then if we think is enough that is either amounts to some type of invention or move out, then we may have to charge you for that. And that's on a case by case basis. Okay. But for a lot of the smaller items, if it's just like a table and a set of chairs and it's like six chairs for the table, we won't charge you for that. Okay. But what we do ask is that either you call us to schedule that pickup. Um, we like to see scheduling up to three days prior to collection so we can get it on our list of places to pick up because that's kind of by request. Um, but we can work on a case by case if needed. How does an eviction process work with you guys? You mentioned evictions. Yes. So with evictions, um, typically if we see it, we'll, we'll do that paperwork ourselves. But, um, 
it can go one of a couple ways. Either the police department will notify us of an eviction or neighborhood services division will notify us of a, of a eviction. And what we'll do, we'll go down there and price it. And then we'll remove the stuff once we get the permission to move it or get it to the curb. And we will charge either the tenant for the for the eviction cost or the landlord as as each case uh, depends. And, and so you're you're pricing what? So stuff in the house. So we're pricing the stuff at the curb. At the curb. Because, um, and this goes back to that whole cycle of, of where does everything go? So we also, on the other end of this, when we drop it off, whether it be at the uh, county landfill, whether it's at the, um, the, the recycling facility, whether it's at our construction debris landfill, we have to pay what's called a tipping fee. So that's the amount that we pay to actually dump so many tons of, of material there. So for the county, we pay currently $43 a ton. So for every ton we take there, we pay $43. So if, if our average uh, residential truck may take 10 tons, that's 10 tons times $43. So then <clears throat> um, do you guys specifically, like, is there a way to budget that? Because you guys have, you know, your own separate budget that, mm -hmm. how do you kind of budget that? If it's $43 per ton, you know, so for the most part, we try to go with um, what we deem to be historical norms or what we've seen in the past. Um, but if the county decides to raise the rates like um, they did a couple years ago, or actually uh, last year, actually, for the, at the very end of the last fiscal year after our budget was done, um, they had actually had decided to raise the recycling rate from $35 a ton to $50 a ton. So we sat down with the staff, we did the math, we realized it wasn't that much of a significant increase to the residents, so we were able to absorb that within our budget without having to pass that on to the residents. Now, what are some of the most common questions? This might be hard to gauge, but some of the most common questions you get from the public, and, and it can be and regarding what are the answers to those questions. Yeah, right. <laughs> we that's a really hard one because those questions range; they really do. Um, it can be as mundane as um, do you take kiddie pools with uh, the chlorine tablets? Survey says mm, yes and no. Okay. <laughs> so 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 we take the kiddie pools, but we won't take the chlorine tablets because they're chemical based oh. and they can actually destroy your lungs. Okay. So oh, wow. So it really so you have to be very particular about each individual situation. So there's no um, very much defined black and white. It depends on the item that you tell us. Um, we can get that to um, the far off extreme. <laughs> oh, wow. I had a lady a couple years ago. Um, unfortunately, her cat got in an accident and passed away. Um, she had family over and somebody had gotten rid of the cat before she could properly bury it. <laughs> and it was on collection day. So oh, yeah. she calls us. It's about midday. She's crying and, and it's understandable. Um, cause she hasn't had, you know, really a moment to grieve and she's like, can you help me find my cat? So we go all over the city. We find Survey the operator. Says. We, we go over, we find the operator who serves the neighborhood. Um, we had GPS tracking. We were actually able to find him. He was actually on his way to dump in the landfill. You found him? Found him as he was pulling into the landfill, got him to stop. We actually were able to find the bag. Find the cat, return it to the lady. What? 
if any, or if you, I guess you don't watch a ton of TV. There's. I'm actually an avid reader, believe it or not. There's a scene from The Office where Angela asks Dwight to go care for her cat, and the cat wasn't doing well, and Dwight freezes the cat to put it out of its misery, <laughs> and uh, it's 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 a situation where like. That's a it's a crazy story what happened you know but but if there's a solid definition of going above and beyond I would say that absolutely was yeah from our public works department now we kind of made this into like a sanitation podcast if you will but that's not all that you do so like you know do you handle street projects and different things like that um yes so it again it's one of those. Um, as, as the public works director and I like to joke about it, it's part of that as other as assigned responsibilities. So this week it may be, I need you to answer some questions for me on a street project that we're doing. Um, and then I'll go out and investigate that. Or he may be you know, asking about a particular piece of equipment that we're looking to purchase in the upcoming year. Kevin, I need you to dig into this and find me some details and give me your thought process on it. Um, Another example is we're looking at doing a mulching facility, which we've had a couple times here a couple years ago. So right now, that's one of my major projects that we're getting ready to start on. We're getting ready to start on the permitting for that. So now that's me diving into that piece and what does that look like and how can we uh, make it the best fit for the city of Rock Hill and our residents. Do you guys partner with road projects when people are redoing a road or doing a construction project? Do you guys help with the sidewalk sanitation drainage part of that uh yes we can um a lot of times it depends on if we're being asked and what road it is because again not all the roads in the city belong to the city um so a lot of our partnerships will be with SEDOT um or even the county depending on what what it is and what kind of project they're working on uh what we've tried to do to um make things more efficient over the years is we'll partner with with other entities as needed and if we see a road opening then we'll try to do as much there, whether it's through our water and sewer department, um, and they're in there for something, and we try to do something with the roads because we know the road is you know, up for repair and it's one of our roads, or even the sidewalks. We try to really coordinate efforts so that way as much can get done to that area at one time rather than coming back and having to do it two, three, four, five times. I see you've got some annual statistics in front of you. Walk us, uh, toot your horn a little bit, walk us through some of the big numbers and what those mean. Oh, um... Let's see, commercial residents. So we talked about our commercial division. Um, This year, they actually service almost 1,600 businesses within the city of Rock Hill. Um, As I told you earlier, for our residential, we service uh, 24,255 residents this year. Um, And that is up from just over 23,000 last year. Okay. we do recycle cardboard, so we recycled almost 1,600 tons of actual oh, wow. cardboard uh, just in the last year. Um, from our that's o- just cardboard. That's just cardboard. Wow. So those are the regular, those are the red dumpsters that you typically will see at businesses, or that you see at the police department or at any of our fire departments around the city. Um, and we try to get a lot of businesses to get on with that, and more efforts will be made in the future, obviously, as uh, we start to grow as a city and get more businesses to come in. But that's where you can take actual cardboard, say your regular cardboard boxes, TV boxes, um, entertainment center, dresser boxes, things of that nature. You can break them down and take them to any of those places and actually just uh, slide them in. And what happens is we're able to take that away and take that to our Pratt Recycling Facility um, 
and actually be able to recycle those and and get a little bit of revenue back into the city for that. So that kind of helps when it comes to keeping our cost as minimum as possible. Well, Matthew, I don't know about you, but I feel educated. I do. Um, I have one more question. It kind of goes back to sanitation. What is a dial a truck or dial a dumpster? What does that mean? Okay, so those are two separate, separate but the same things. So our dollar dumpster program is where um, our regular residents can actually order a dumpster for a fee, and it, and the fee depends on how long they want to keep it for. So if they're doing some type of construction project, mm. um, if they're trying to clean out a room in a house, things of that nature, um, for a fee, we'll come deliver a dumpster to into your driveway, keep it for however long you signed the contract for, and you can use that dumpster for that period of time to dump whatever it is that's legal that we've already told you on the contract um, okay. inside that dumpster and then we'll come back and pick it up from you. Okay. So like say I just want it for two days or a day, like what's an average price of renting a dumpster? Um, the average price can be anywhere from roughly about $30 up to about 140. Oh wow. Um, we do get residents that do rent those for about a month at a time. Okay. That's typically about the average. So they'll rent it for a month, say they're doing a small renovation project, they'll rent it for a month, put everything in there. At the end of the month, we've already said in a contract, hey, this is when we're gonna come pick it up. We'll come pick it up that morning or that afternoon. By the end of the business, though, that dumpster is gone unless they've asked for an extension. And the dial a truck, does that operate so, the same? Yes, the dial a truck typically operates the same, but you'll more so see those at like our special events, uh, such as uh, our food truck Fridays, um, any special events held by PRT um, throughout the year. Uh, but that falls along the same lines. It's just an actual truck that will dedicate to that process. Um, so food truck Fridays are probably the best example where if you looked at the park and you look to the left, uh, where all the Porter Johns were typically at, right behind there, you saw one of our rear loader trucks with a uh, sanitation operator standing next to it. So PRT has rented that truck for that process. So that way we can dump and take away all the materials that night. So that way there's not a whole lot of cleanup after the event. All right, well, Kevin, is there anything, I don't know if there would be anything, but that we missed or that you'd like to add? Um, I, I, I would say if you have bulky items um, to pick up, things of that nature, um, either call us at 325-2500 or feel free to go to the city website um, and you can put your request in that way, especially if uh, you don't realize that you need something picked up until after hours. Definitely utilize our city website um, because that is probably the fastest way to get your request in. Um, and you can do that any time of the day or night. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining CityCast. Thank you for having me. It's been Absolutely. a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, follow us on social media.